ask them to do that. Right? And so let's let them do it. You know, so that's really the principles there. I'm done. So now on to the main event. Um, and thank you for letting me speak. I appreciate it. So, so now you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. So our speakers will speak for seven minutes. I'm sure Melissa covered all bases, but there's a timer here that you're responsible to keep yourself accountable to. I know it's hard for some of us, but uh, seven minutes. <laughs> um, so just hit start when you get up here, please. There's a little button, hit start. And um, so our first speaker is Adam from the Newfound Friends Group in Mohawk, somewhere in New Jersey, Long Beach, New Jersey. He's, uh, he's a beach guy. Looking forward to having him talk. Welcome to Adam, please. My name's Adam. I'm an alcoholic. From my whatever he said. Um, I'm happy to be back up here, man. A lot of people I really love at this group. I've had spiritual experiences at this group myself just coming, you know, uh, when you guys were at the other church and stuff. Look at the smile on this guy's face, you know? That's what recovery looks like. You know, I come from a place where just sobriety is, is pretty ugly and pretty painful and pretty lonely. You know, sobriety itself, I'm not sticking around here for long. I'm really not. I need recovery. And that's available here, you know. And that's what this final is a result of, recovery. See, when I'm, when I'm recovering and I'm, and I'm involved in this deal, and I'm really practicing these principles with my feet, not just my mouth behind the podium up here, because I'm real good at being the guy that does it from here, you know. Uh... There's a lightness to my life. There's a peace to my life. There's a joy that follows me around. There's laughter. There's, there's a lot of smiles, you know? And uh, that seems to just touch people and draw people in. They, they want to know, like, what are you guys doing, you know? And um, early on, I guess, home group-wise, I'm going to try to stick to the topic here. My first experience was just being wanted somewhere. You know, I came into AA pretty broken, and I joined this group out in Toms River, New Jersey, and they actually asked me if I wanted to show up and take a commitment. They said, you know, I, I forget, I think it was just something like making coffee or picking up cigarette butts, but they wanted me there. Nobody had wanted me anywhere for a long time. You know, the group that I was with before that, we used to get shackled up and moved about the county jail together, you know? They would say things to us like, will the defendant please rise, right? <laughs> And I go from that kind of life that I got used to, you know, to, to these people in AA welcoming me with open arms. Hey, come, come fellowship with us, you know. Come, come hang out with us and you can make the coffee. I thought that was, for me, small things like that are a big deal, you know, when you come from the type of suffering that I come from in my active alcoholism, you know. I've had experiences where... I see people's faces, you know, start to light up as they identify. Sometimes I see people's tears well up when we're talking about the brokenness that we walk in here with, that God just miraculously transforms into a gift, you know. I've seen, I've, and I've had the experience too in the opposite direction where now that I've learned kind of the jargon and learned some of the information and learned some of the big book and stuff that I've become... Mr. Bill Wilson of New Jersey, you know, and I get really sick doing that. I start to clamor to want to be behind the mic. I start to need to be right and need to tell you that you're wrong, 
you know? And, and what happens is this beautiful thing called Alcoholics Anonymous becomes a weapon I forge against myself, you know? Because I use the principles and they punk me out of the experience, you know? I use the information. I worship the information. I make the information my higher power, right? Rather than God. And I've been guilty of that several times in... Right around, right around three to five years, man, kind of following these different AA paths that some of us will follow from time to time, but where it's like the book is the power, you know? I've come to find that none of that is really the truth. The meetings aren't the power. My sponsor's not the power. The steps aren't the power. God is the power, Right? But all these things point me in that direction. They give me a good head start to walk towards the light. You know what I mean? And uh, when I'm making that walk, man, things are, are just beautiful. And, and life is good, right? But like any one of us, I tend to kind of stray away from that from time to time. And i got to consistently remember to go and recharge and recharge. That way I can be more useful to you. That way I can be more understanding and effective. Because I get really sick when I'm running the show, you know? That's a spiritual experience I've had to learn over and over again, you know? And uh, this group now that we're just starting up, man, it's called the New Found Friends Group, right? We, uh, we really, our group message is the message that you read on page 132. You know, we absolutely insist on enjoying life. When people walk into that group, we want them to smile, we want them to laugh, we want them we want to appear an attractive place to go to seek Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean? So we do our best to demonstrate that in our actions, right? We welcome people. When we start up our meeting, we take a minute for everybody to kind of greet each other before we start and before we spend a minute of meditation. We go around and greet each person there. Welcome. You know, we call ourselves a newfound friends. We, we are essentially all of them, you know? And it's been, it's been really, we've been up and running for about a couple months, but I, I, I sponsor a lot of guys in that group. And we're a, a page 112 meeting. We have a rotating format, but we, we kind of, um, you know, you can read a line out of the big book and share on it or a couple paragraphs out of the big book and share on it, the first 164. And I'm listening to what these guys are saying, that it came in to Alcoholics Anonymous, absolutely broken, absolutely not believing in God, resistant to even the word spiritual itself, you know? And I see their hands go up, and I listen to what they read, and there's no doubt about it that there is a power greater than human at work there, you know? It brings tears to my eyes sometimes, it really does, you know? Because I see these guys I've sat and worked with intimately talking about this stuff, talking about their pain, man, and how the healing process has changed it, you know? But I think all that, I mean, I could go on for I could talk for I got only about another minute or so here left. I could talk about experience that I've had for the next couple of months from here, you know? But I think the most important experience that can be talked about is the one that might happen tonight in this room. You know, the one where one of these people that's visiting for their first time or just coming back or something sits and hears something and goes, wow, that's attractive to me. I think I'll come again another week. You know, something that they might identify with. So I find it's my responsibility to look for that guy. Or if I'm a female, look for that girl, you know, that's curious, that's wondering, hmm, right? And, and like he said, man, throw some gas on that. 
come back, come eat with us, you know, come fellowship with us. You know, it's for me, it's the experience, not that I had when I came in or the one that I had at three years sober, it's the one I'm having now, the one I'm currently having that's the most important. I can talk about them, but what am I doing now? What am I doing today? I've got to stay present, I've got to stay in today, and I've got to stay on this clock, so thanks. Impressive, you stuck to the time. Good. Next, from the Love and Service Group, uh, Kevin C. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm an alcoholic. I'm, uh, when Melissa first asked me, I was like, oh, I don't think I had a spiritual experience. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it, and uh, there was like so many that I, I couldn't really... You know how many times I've come in here just like just in my own head and and then I see a guy over there and and he's having a, a bad day or or whatever and and something comes out of me and says you want to pray and we go and pray in one of these rooms and and just things just uh, just just come off of me and um, it, that's just a, a crazy thing but um, I'll give you a, a you know, they talk about the still-suffering alcoholic, you know, and, and and I always believe that's like the quiet guy that's just dying inside because I know that feeling, you know, where you can't reach out for help and you just want to take it yourself. You just want to um, control it, um, fix it, put on the good face, you know, that, that you're okay and uh, hide it from everybody. And um, uh, that's me, you know. I... I uh, probably about six months ago or something like that, I started feeling like I was just, um, I, was, I, I wasn't um, important to be here. You know, my, my alcoholism started talking to me, my untreated alcoholism, you know, and, and it just was like, uh, you know, I, maybe I need to get another group or something like that or... Um, you know, this group isn't just isn't doing it for me. Uh, I don't feel vital in it. You know, uh, um, all this stuff, all this rotten uh, mental illness stuff comes in. I don't know if anybody feels that at a time. Maybe I'm the only one that that uh, really uh, thinks that way about that. But uh, um, my sponsor always told me to lead with my weakness, and uh, yeah, that's me. You know, and uh, I get sicker and sicker and. And uh, this home group had a, uh, a group conscience, and we started a Thursday night big book meeting. And um, I tell you, there was a, um, 12 guys from, from a treatment would come in, and God just switched something in me that wanted to welcome them and make them feel like it was, you know, it was going to be okay. Like, it was, like... I was glad to see them, and I was, because they were saving my life. I mean, they put energy into my, into my um, step. Um, I started caring for other people again, um, and uh, that's all God, you know, because I, I found out in my, in my fifth step, without God, I, I don't have those thoughts, you know. I am lost. I, I am broken. Um, and uh, 
you know, and I love my, my home group today, you know, it's like when you guys look look bad, you know, it's usually because of me. <laughs> but uh, um, I also had another um, uh, a positive thing when I was doing real real well um, about three years ago or so. For some reason, uh, people asked me to talk like three times in a few months, and um, and which is different because I'm. You know, anyways, about the third time through, I was like, you know what, something's going to be coming up that's really big, because usually God um, asks me, or one of you guys asked me to speak because God knows how sick I am, and uh, and big things just started to happen. You know, the third time I spoke, um, I met uh, my wife, you know, and... Uh, I just couldn't, it was right after I sold, told God, you know what, if it's just me and a bunch of drunks having dinner, this is good. I'm okay with it. You know, I don't feel like I need anything. You know, I'm really happy. And, uh, you know, probably a month after that, you know, she shows up. You know, if she's, um, I, I don't know. It was just, and now we have six kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, uh, um, you know, at, at the wedding, I, I just, I was, Alex was there, Melissa, and, and uh, Chris, and before the wedding, me, Alex, and Chris prayed, and all they could do is uh, say, God, you know, and I was bawling, <laughs> and I said, thank you, and I was bawling, and I said, amen, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, Taking someone broken like me that couldn't care anything about anyone and just and switching it around where I really love the people in this room and, and love my sponsees, you know, they've done more for me than I could ever do for them, you know, and, and same with this home group. And that's about it. Thanks. Yeah, and our next speaker, the wonderful Erica from the Big Book Discussion Group. Welcome, Erica, please. Hi, everyone. My name is Erica, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, thank you so much for asking me to speak. I have a quick story about um, Melissa actually asking me. I I had a really rough um, day earlier this week. I, I'm a single parent, and I have custody of my kids about 60% of the time, and I work full-time. And I just got to the point earlier this week where I felt completely, completely overwhelmed. And I pulled into my kids' camp, and I dropped the kids off, and I just felt like, I can't do this. Like, I got in my car, and I was sobbing. I was so exhausted. Um, it had been four days, like, with my kids and working. I hadn't been to a meeting. I, you know, I was trying to pray but not doing such a great job. And so I called a woman from my home group, and I said, you know, I need help, you know. And she said, you got to stop doing this. you got to stop, like, just having your kids, um, you know, during this time when you have them and only doing your kids and not doing AA and then trying to cram in meetings on the other days. 
And I said, I said, you're right. You know, I'm going to commit to doing that. And not, no less than two hours later, I got a text from Melissa asking me if I could speak tonight. And I was like, well, I have my kids, but I'm going to bring them, you know. So I feel so happy and grateful to be here. And as Alex said, my home group is the Big Book Discussion Group. We meet on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on East Ave at the Brighton Presbyterian Church. It's been my home group since I got sober, which was in April of 2015. Actually, a little before that, I joined the home group before my sobriety date. And I just really, really love my home group. I have formed some connections there that are, um, you know, I met my sponsor. I've had two sponsors. I've met them both in my home group. And I love being able to go through the big book in a, in a different way, you know, to not to do it with a sponsor and read it on my own and also go through it as a group. Um, but what came to mind when Melissa asked me about a spiritual experience at my home group was, Earlier this year, I had a I have a very close friend, and her mother is um, suffering from this disease. And her mother lives down in North Carolina. She's um, she's 72 years old. She's a very proper Southern lady, you know. And she comes up to visit once in a while. And she was coming up to visit, and she's been she's been struggling, um, but she'd never been to an AA meeting. And um, my friend said, you know, my mom is, is ready to try an AA meeting. Can you take her while she's here? And she was only going to be in town for a couple of days, like a Sunday and a Monday. And my home group is on Sunday nights, and I was planning to go. But there was this other meeting on Monday that's a women's meeting midday that's, um, it's, you know, in Brighton, there's a lot of women who I felt like she could really identify with that shared her stories, that have kids her age, drank the way that she did, and I really wanted to get her to this Monday meeting. So I was um, made that my plan. She said, I can't do that. We have this lunch thing. We can't move it. She said, how about, is there any meetings that we could go to on Sunday night? And... You know, I had this moment of, of actually, like, not wanting to take this woman to my home group, home group that I love because I felt very nervous about it. I felt like she may not identify with some of the people in my home group, which has a much wider demographic of experience. And I also felt like I was worried about her, her very first AA meeting, like, opening the big book to wherever because it's, you know, depending on, on where you're reading it, you know, it could be anything, and out of context and not with a sponsor, I thought, I'm just really nervous about that. But I said, okay, you know, I'm going to a meeting at 7 on Sunday night, and it's my home group, and I explained to her what that means. And as we were getting closer to the meeting, you know, my anxiety about taking her just kept growing, and then I was feeling terrible. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm feeling worried about taking this woman to my home group, that it's going to turn her off of AA, and um, you know, she's not going to be able to identify and will probably read something that she won't, you know, won't be applicable to her. And we get to the meeting and sat down. I had no idea. I couldn't remember where we were in the book. Um, and we opened to a story at the back of the book called um, A Late Start. And it's a story about a 75-year-old woman. And, and it was just like the most perfect story for this woman. And in that moment, I just had this real, um, this real visceral, like I could feel it in my body, sense of just peace. And like, okay, like this is not my job to control her experience of AA and what's happening. God has this, you know. Um, 
And I keep that story in mind a lot because I have a lot of people in my life who are suffering from this disease. My dad is very, very sick with this disease right now. And I have to continuously remind myself that it's not my job to control anybody else's recovery and to make sure that they're in the right place to hear what they need to hear from the right person because I'm really good at stepping back into that controlling role. So um, when I... When I'm, you know, at a place where I'm feeling um, concerned about somebody in my life, I try to think back to that that day in my home group because it really, I really felt it that night, and it was really one of those points where I was able to really kind of give in and give up and say, "Listen, this is this is not my job." You know, this woman, Natalie, she has her own higher power, and it's not me. And um, if I keep doing the right things, like you know talking to my sponsor, meeting with other alcoholics, going to meetings, showing up at my home group, like the rest of it will take care of itself. And that's like all I really need to do. So that was the experience that came to mind. Thanks again for having me share. This is awesome. Next, all the way from New Jersey, we have Kevin, the Comeback Kid of the Year from the Design for Living Group of AA. Well, please welcome Kevin, alcoholic. Uh, my sobriety date's April 30th, 2015. And like Alex said, my home group is the Design for Living Group in Neptune, New Jersey. So if you ever uh, stumble upon the Jersey Shore, we'd love to have you on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, you know, you've got to love that the egoic alcoholic mind. I sat down and the first thing I thought about is, Kevin, please do not fall up these steps tonight and make a fool of yourself. You know, and then it's always, t- you know, like I'd rather you guys ask me to come and make coffee tonight. You know, my, my mind says, tell me, Kevin, you have to say something profound. You know, you just really have to be liked. You have to be really like well-liked actually. And then, and then it's telling me no matter what you say, they're not going to like you at all. And then when they thank you after the meeting, they're going to say, did a great job. And they're all lying to you. You know, that's kind of how my thought process goes. So, uh, you know, I'll get, I'll get onto the topic after just killing a minute of saying that. So, uh, you know, I've uh, had two experiences with home groups, you know, and from what I've understood in my own experiences, I'm a guy who really needs to be shown have to have experience in my home group. You know, my first experiences, I'm, I'm coming out of treatment. I'm not really sold that I'm an alcoholic, but I started attending AA meetings. And, uh, you know, I'm in an IOP. I'm a... You know, I'm new to this area. I moved 45 minutes south of where I live because, you know, Neptune, Long Branch, Belmar, the Jersey Shore areas is just a problem. I can't go there, so I moved down to South Jersey. And, uh, you know, I go to IOP, and this this kid, you know, is down there, and he's talking about all the areas where I drank at. And, you know, he's like, uh, you know, I go talk to him after the meeting out of fear, and he's like, oh, my home group starts at 8.30. Do you want to come? And it's like 8.25. I worked all day, just spent three hours in IOP, and, Normally, my answer would be absolutely not. You know, I was really connecting with this guy, I have to say, so I said, sure. And I, you know, I go to that meeting, and that night, the, you know, I really wanted to ask him to be a sponsor. You know, uh, I've had family members who are in AA, and I know you need to have a sponsor. I knew that much. You know, I was so brand new, I really didn't know what, what the 12 steps were, what AA really was. So uh, he's like, oh, I'm kind of moving to Florida. And then he turned to this other guy, Dave, and he's like, Dave could be your sponsor. Dave could take you through the steps. And I felt cornered at that point, you know. Uh, Two people against me, and, you know, out of the desperation of always wanting to fit in and be a part of, you know, I said yes. And, 
you know, Dave told me to call him every day, and I waited for Dave to call me. You know, I signed up for the home, I signed up for the home group that night, and you know, I'd be the guy out in the parking lot smoking cigarettes. You know, when the business meeting is going going on, being petrified to talk, and the women just kind of hanging out with my boys and just looking around, and you know, not really able, you know, not really knowing what I should be doing because at, at this point, you know, the guy who was my sponsor really wasn't doing too well himself, and you know, uh, you know. The, that egoic mind was coming back, the chatter is going louder and louder, I'm really not doing anything in A, but my mind's convincing me otherwise. You know, it's telling me, Kevin, you got the sponsor, you got the home group, and I'm going to seven meetings a week, and something's just wrong. Something's not, something internally is wrong, and I really don't know how to express that. And, you know, uh, after a couple months of doing this, you know, I, I finally was going to get honest with my sponsor and tell him what's going on, and, and uh, his sponsor was speaking at my home group that night, and, you know, uh, I, I heard a message that night. You know, uh, he was talking about the, his sponsor was speaking, he was talking about the fourth and fifth step, and it rocked me. You know, I kind of saw a sliver of how serious this is, that it's a lot, a lot bigger than just going to meetings. You know, uh, Adam said it perfectly, I'm, uh, sobriety isn't enough, I'm a guy who needs recovery. And, uh, you know, I finally got on with my, with my sponsor at the time and uh, told him, hey, dude, I'm, I'm really not doing well. I'm suffering. And he kind of said the same thing to me. And he's like, go talk to my sponsor. And, you know, I'm like 90 to 100 days sober at this point. And, you know, I walk up to this man after the meeting and, you know, tears are coming down my face. And I said to the guy, I don't want to die. You know, I think that's the, the cunning and baffling and powerful part of this disease. I'm 90 to 100 days removed from alcohol. And that's why I felt like I wanted to die so full of fear you know, just not feeling a part of, and, you know, he told me to call him at five o'clock the next day, I did that, and, you know, I started meeting with him and going through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and another thing, you know, before that, he wanted me to go up and, and join his home group so that he could see me on a regular basis, and, you know, I, I go up there, and I'm kind of blown away, you know, it's a big book meeting, and, you know, you're talking about like 150 to 250 alcoholics on a Sunday night at seven o'clock, and, you know, I was just kind of blown back by that. And just, you know, constantly going through the book and, and over the years, meeting me where I'm at, you know, hearing a message of, of hope and recovery, you know, it just meets me no matter what, if I'm stuck on a fear, if I have a judgment, something's not going on in my life. And, you know, with them reading the big book and hearing that with the speakers, you know, it hits me and puts, me, puts things in perspective. And, uh, and a couple other things, you know, just building the, the relationships with people in the rooms, you know, with building those friendships and people having spiritual consent, like, hey, man, you're, you're acting a little off. What's going on? And, you know, my response typically is, you know, nothing. <laughs> you know, everything's fine. And, you know, then they ask me again, and I tend to get honest with them. It's good to have that, that relationship with people that they can call you out and they can help guide you, you know. Uh, and another thing is, you know, uh, I, I forgot to talk about in the beginning of this, but when he told me to go up there and he told me the address, and it ended up being you know, down the road from where I grew up. You know, I was uh, baptized at that church, made my first Holy Communion there, made my confirmation there. It was just, that in itself, I think, was a spiritual experience, being led back to the area where I really didn't want to go, you know. And, uh, and I think another thing, I remember looking out, you know, this past April when I celebrated and just seeing seeing the people who who really have a piece in my heart, you know, people that I connect with, and, and seeing a lot of the people who came in after me and seeing them starting to get well and seeing them, you know, start sponsoring people and seeing the light come on in their sponsees' eyes and seeing that change and transformation and growth is a miraculous thing. And that's the only thing you can get by taking action, showing up, getting well yourself through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and a relationship with God and having a home group. So uh, 
You know, I got 30 seconds left. I'm not going to even bother. So thank you guys. Nice job, buddy. And now I am very, very excited to hear Jessica from the Avon Hope Group. Please help us welcome Jessica. Jessica, I'm an alcoholic. Um, my home group is actually sober um, up in Greece. I go to Avon Hope a lot, and it's a really great group. Um, but uh, I got sober um, at my home group. Um, we meet on Tuesday nights um, at 7. And, um, oh, this is so scary. Um, so I had a really bad drinking problem for a really long time. Um, I knew the AA had something spiritual about it, and I knew that couldn't help me um, because I'm a person who had faith and then lost it, um, or in my case, um, like really violently rejected it. Um, I remember exactly when um, and how I told God that I did not believe in him anymore. Um, and I, I wasn't willing to reconsider. Um, I didn't press start. Ah! Um, and um, so uh, things got really bad. And um, there was one night a week, Tuesday nights, where I normally didn't have my kids. Um, so I would go to this one group near my house, um, which is my, still my home group. Um, and I kept hearing people say, get a home group, get a sponsor, get a service position, um, work the steps. And that was like over and over and over the same thing that I heard. Um, I still couldn't stop drinking. Um, I was coming around to AA for three or four months, um, still drinking and still hearing those things that kept sticking in my mind. Um, so uh, one day uh, when we were putting the chairs away, I said um, out loud to no one in particular, I guess I should get a home group. And um, a guy in the home group said, this is a good group. You should join this one. And I was like, all right. Um, so they introduced me um, to the other home group members. And um, I said, I guess I think I need a service position too. <laughs> and um, it had just so happened that the guy who was doing coffee that night um, wasn't able to do it anymore. For And we have three months long service positions. So that was my service position. Um, it never occurred to me that I don't drink coffee at that time of night. Um, uh, I just was like, okay, check, check. Um, I had a sponsor in name at that time. Um, so I uh, showed up. I opened the church um, an hour early, and I made coffee. And sometimes I would go home and drink afterwards. Um, sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would go for a week or maybe almost two weeks without drinking. Um, but for months and months, I kept um, coming and making coffee and um, drinking. <laughs> Um, I only drank before my service uh, commitment once, and that's because I thought that if I drank really early in the morning and not afternoon, and I took a nap, then no one would smell it on me um, when I came to the home group. Um, and uh, the day that that happened, um, my current sponsor and my grand sponsor approached me, and you know what's going on, and. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, not even that. I still kept drinking after that. <laughs> but um, I uh, I asked the guys um, 
in the home group because it's a bunch of guys who are a lot older than me. There, at that time, there weren't um, really any women who came every week or who were or who had worked the steps. Um, when my three months was coming to an end, I said, you know, you guys, um, because schedule changes, I can still make coffee for you. I know you like you guys probably have more important service positions that you should do, and I should be doing the coffee. Um, would you let me do that? Because I know that they have um, a spirit of rotation that they're really strict about. Um, and this guy in the home group said, is it helping you? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to do you guys a favor. Um, can I, you know, I could do it. If you want me to do it, I can do it for the next three months. So, you know, they talked about it. We brought up a group conscious, and, of course, they let me keep making the coffee. So then that was another three months of coming to AA and not – um, now walking away, um, as I had done before, because I was pretty sure AA was a cult, um, and, uh, because I had that, you know, I had the key, I had that, um, you know, great big responsibility of having to make the coffee, um, I kept coming back, and I, and I kept coming back long enough to be, um, arranged to work with my current sponsor, um, and, uh, one day, I mean, there's like a couple, I don't know, a lot of things went into it. One day, it was the last day that I took a drink. And um, I got to work with my sponsor. Um, we went through the book, and we went through the steps, and um, the obsession was lifted pretty quickly. Um, within like a week or two of getting into the book, all of a sudden I wasn't um, just craving a drink every second of every day. And, um, you know, the spiritual part of AA, I just couldn't tolerate. I hated when people talked about God. Um, I, I, you know, I had faith before. I'm basically like an apostate from the religion of my childhood. And um, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get that it's God as you understand God and God as I understand God. Um, and, and nobody else's conception of God has anything to do with me. Um, because I was allowed to you know, stick around and make coffee, um, I was able to see that. Um, you know, I, I heard, after I had gotten, like, some months together, I guess they'd had some discussion about, should we let this girl who's still drinking <laughs> make coffee for us? And, um, I don't know, the ones who thought that I should, they won, because I, st- I kept making the coffee, and thank God, um, God, uh, you know, now I can, I can, I can use the word God, um, I pray a lot now. Um, It was a lot of taken suggestions. I was told, you know, pray in the morning, pray at night, say this prayer and that prayer. And the ones that you can memorize were the easiest ones for me. Um, Because I just said them. And um, things started to change. And then, you know, things started to happen that I couldn't explain. Like things that came out of me and my um, behaviors and my attitudes and my... um, tolerating people um, in my life outside of AA um, and understanding them. I mean, it came through the steps, but it's also something that I just don't know. I mean, it had to be God, as I understand God, that allowed me to do some of those things. And um, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that I can pray now. Um, And I really don't know what else to say. Thanks. Great job. Thank you so much. And our very own, the lovely Nicole from the Love and Service Group. Everyone, welcome, Nicole.
everybody. I'm Nicole. I'm an alcoholic. Um, and there were a few things that came to my mind of what to talk about. But I've got seven minutes, so we'll see what comes out. Thanks, Melissa, for asking me. Um, and I think of when I first joined this group. It's been almost four years that I've been at this group, and that's the longest that I've been at any home group in sobriety. Uh, and I remember I was terrified. So <clears throat> before that, I uh, had been at my home group in Buffalo for two years, and I was super attached to it, super in love with it, knew all the people there, was comfortable there. And I think I was still a little bit in that phase of my sobriety, like um, I think it was Adam mentioned, uh, you know, like some ego of thinking the book is the answer and like just super into the sponsor I had at the time and the big book and like a certain brand of AA and just like kind of missing the big picture, you know, like he shared of what it's pointing to and that's God. And I was super in love with this group and uh, I still uh, love that group and the people from it and I'm close with the people from it. Um, but in the end of 2014, I moved out here and I remember I was really, really terrified. I was four years sober and I didn't, I knew people from out here, but I didn't really know people from out here. And um, I just like by default was like, okay, I'll join this group, you know, and uh I'll never forget, it was probably like three or four months of being here, and I remember thinking, like, I don't want people to think I'm brand new just because they haven't seen me before, like, I have four years sober, like, don't approach me like I'm a brand newcomer, um, you know, and just being, like, really scared, like, I don't know how they do things here, I don't know how their intergroup works, how their committees are, what, where they put their coffee mugs, like, I don't know any of this stuff, and it was really a humbling experience to, like, it's easy to say, when I was new, I did all this stuff. I joined a home group. I, like, got involved in service. I met people. I, like, went out to fellowship, gave out my number, got people's phone numbers. But to have to, like, redo that all over again halfway through my sobriety was hard. And I remember Alex actually saying, I don't know if this is an original quote or if you got it from somebody, but saying the best way to feel a part of it, a group is to be of service at a group. And that changed everything for me because it was like three or four months in. I remember standing in the middle of the room at the old church. There was like 150 people on a Saturday night and just feeling like totally alone. I don't belong here. Like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't want to start over. Um, and hearing that, like, really, really helped. Like, how can I just jump in? You know, it didn't matter, like, what jobs I had held at my previous home group or what committees I had been on or... How long I had sober, it was just like a new group, a new experience. Um, and in the last four years, I've got to have a lot of different like service positions at this group and do different committee work and volunteer at the central office. And I remember um, I was like really scared to re-get close with like women out here. And I would. I would, like, call people or I would send out, like, a mass text message, like, okay, can anyone get coffee tonight or go to this meeting? Does anyone want to, you know, go for a run or does anyone want to do this or do that? And I might send a text to, like, ten people and obviously, like, not everybody's free the same nights, but maybe, like, two or three people would answer back, you know, and I would go to meetings with people and get coffee with people or go for a run. And, and not that long of time, the women at this group became, like, good, close friends of mine. And when you think about it, like, four years isn't that long to have been a member here at this group, and I'm comfortable with all the home group members of our group and, and super close with most of them. Um, 
you know, when I think of just four years ago, not really feeling a part of. Um, a couple other things, I've only got a few minutes, but um, I think of, like, things going up and down, being a, a member of a home group, and Kevin kind of touched on it, like, when I'm not okay, um, the group doesn't look so good, and uh, maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, I went through, like, a super resentful, low, crazy, just alcoholic uh, spot, and I got resentful at AA, resentful at our group, resentful at people, and I wanted to, like, not be a member here and not do AA anymore, and it was, like, really, really bad, and I ended up getting a new sponsor, going back through the steps, filling a five-subject notebook with inventory, and um, getting through that, and, like, Luckily, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel any bad feelings with any members of our home group. Uh, I didn't leave this group. I didn't leave AA, thank God. Um, you know, and I think of, like, really good times and really bad times getting to share with members of this group. You know, different members of this group have lost parents. I, I lost my mom when I was younger, and I remember right away, even in my Buffalo home group and, and out here, people saying, well, I know this person lost their dad. I know this person lost their parent and stuff. And last year, um, my mother-in-law passed away, and our home group started, like, a meal train and brought us, like, food every single night and gift cards and, like, came to the hospital. People came to the hospital the night she passed away, brought us flowers, like, more than just, you know, shaking our hand at the door. Like, you get to know these people and love these people and they become family. And I think of the really happy and good times, too. Like, just in this small group alone, I've seen, like, so many people get married and have babies and get pregnant. I think there's, like, something in the water. So many people are pregnant. Um... You know, and I think of how cool that is, too. Uh, when I tell people, like, at work or something, um, that we're having a baby soon, and they say, like, do you have a lot of family here? And the truth is that we don't. Uh, my husband's family is small. Um, I don't have siblings. My mom's passed away. My dad lives in North Dakota. A lot of my family is in Buffalo. But I know we'll totally be okay because my family is, like, right here. Do you know what I mean? I think even before I would think to call family, I, like, ask the women in our parking lot a million questions about, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You know, how is it going to work out? Um, so I just think of that, like, from joining this group four years ago, knowing people by name or a little bit, you know, from over the years, but not really knowing people, to these people becoming a second family, you know, and that all just happened from something as simple as, like, to be a part of it, a group just serve it. doesn't matter how long you have sober, what jobs you've had before, how important I thought I was, you know, just to, like, dive in, take commitments, make coffee, be treasurer. I thought I could do that job really well, and I just signed up to be treasurer of a large group with a bank account and a, and a credit card machine, and that was, like, humbling experience for a year. Um, but I'm just really grateful to be a part of this group, and I'm out of time, so thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Uh, 